Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, who is affectionately known as Coach. And another strong night last night, Coach, for us. The only thing that didn't work out was my GPP lineup on FanDuel, but your hybrid lineup carried the day on FanDuel. Our DraftKings coach's clipboard was was rocking and rolling. And, and now we have an 11-game slate, and it's a big day for us because we're going to build the two brains are better than one FanDuel GPP lineup. Absolutely, man. It is an unbelievably fun slate tonight. I know... A lot of people see 11 games and they're like, oh, no, but you know me, man, more games, the better. And then you've got all these twists and turns in there. We've got trade deadline tomorrow afternoon. So um, I'm expecting literally to see a dozen trades between uh, today and tomorrow. So all of that could come into play, which just means we have to you know, watch the, the news wire on you know like a hawk and just you know get it every advantage that we can so yeah anyway coming off of yesterday just another solid day the the thing that makes me very excited is that's 10 out of the last 13 days that we've kicked some tails so we're back on to that uh awesome percentage we you know that we were working on last year uh after after a little bit of an adjustment time to start so uh, we we ham and egged it like we always do. You you carried us in DraftKings and and I handled FanDuel and a lot of our our members just loved it. So it was a great day and uh, we've got our work cut out for us today. But it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it is. So we're going to take those twists and turns together through the slate. We'll do the two brains lineup at the end and yeah. build, build towards it. And we have. In the 11 games, we have seven of the teams involved in a back-to-back. We have four totals over 230, so some decent opportunities. Why don't you get us started with the 7 o'clock game? All right. Uh, we'll go with Detroit Pistons uh, and Indiana Pacers. The BetUS.com.pa line has the Pacers by six, uh, a 218.5 over-under. And there is quite a few two-teen-type numbers on this slate which uh, make it very interesting uh you know for your builds pace wise detroit 25th indiana 10th um, and defensive efficiency middle of the pack basically 17th and 13th respectively so you know not a whole lot there Um, as far as the injury front magruder's out ellington questionable and then two massive pieces of news for the pacers that really, you know, we need to know before we make a lineup uh, with anybody from this game is Brogdon and Turner, two key starters, are questionable. And I actually heard uh, rumors of Brogdon in a trade right. talk, which was shocking to me because that was like their prized possession out of that uh, one deal. I just wonder if they're thinking on playing Laverted point. Yeah. It's just, and- just a thought. And obviously, McConnell has had such an amazing season that whether he's starting or coming off the bench, he can be that one-two punch with Levert if that's the way they go. And if they could get value for Brogdon, I could see why they might might look in that direction. It makes sense, but he is a good defender, play all-around player. So it'll be interesting to see what they'd have to give up in that deal. But uh, as far as this game goes, you know, Detroit has been... Up and down, sort of all over the place. Uh, you know, I, I took a, a flyer with uh, Isaiah Stewart last time. And, you know, it was a smaller slate, and he, he carried his own. Uh, but this is such an enormous slate. We don't have to really talk about those, you know, 20-minute guys that we're just looking to squeak by to make value. There's enough value and enough maneuvers here that, you know, we can really try, at least I am certainly trying to, hone in on either starters slash guys that are guaranteed 30 plus minutes, which is, isn't always easy. Is there such a thing? Is there a guarantee for 30 minutes if you're not on the Knicks with Thibodeau? I'll tell you what, Thibodeau's my hero, man. Do you see him play those guys down? They were playing the water boys from the other team and they still kept Randall and uh, Barrett down to the wire while Westbrook's sitting there for the entire fourth quarter. It made no sense. My teams. Yep. Yeah, but 
you know, it's it, it really is coach. I'm glad you said that because it is by coach. It really is. I mean, you will never in a million years see Pop or uh, Carlisle or I just there's a lot of coaches that will never do that. And then you just have a, a couple, mainly Tibbs being the leader, that's just going to play his guys <clears throat> as many minutes as he can. So I, I love it. But you know, in this game, I, I think, you know, Levert certainly in play, although his price keeps uh, going up. Uh, Sabonis has to be a, a, a strong look if uh, Turner's sitting. The only problem is Detroit plays so slow, it's a concern. You know, you hate to pay up for a guy that's not in a in a, a really prime spot. So, uh, you know, if Brogdon and Turner are out, I definitely will consider Sabonis just from the usage bump. And, you know, if Brogdon's out and they're going to start, uh, you know, who are they going to start? Last time, Sumner got the call and TJ got good run. So, you know, we need that news. On the Detroit side, you know, there's always the potential, uh, you know, to go with a couple of these guys that are now getting more minutes like the Stewarts. And uh, Grant's always a fairly safe play. But this isn't going to be... Uh, by any stretch, a target for me, unless those guys do remain out and I can, you know, one off probably a pacer uh, that can make an impact. Yeah, I mean, on paper, this is not the best game on 11 game slate, but because of the news and some of these prices, it could be more important for me than normal, especially on that Indiana side. And I yeah. think I think they'll hold Brogdon out a little bit like the Lonzo Ball situation with the phantom injury so we can decide if we're going to trade him and keep him healthy while we wait until the deadline. So I think he sits with, with, I'm not sure about Turner, but uh, so then I, you, you do need to look at McConnell and Levert and you're right. The price gone up on Levert. Uh, I, I think McConnell's still in play here. He's only 5,000 on FanDuel. Like you said, he didn't start last game, but he, he still played 32 minutes. So that doesn't matter if he starts right. or not. And I kind of like it if he comes off the bench, you know, probably be lower ownership. People will focus more on Levert. But I, I like McConnell here. I like Sabonis a lot. He was excellent against Detroit earlier in the season, 26, eight and eight. Uh, and then a couple of these value plays for Indiana are priced as if it's, uh, you know, a full roster with them not getting the opportunities that they're going to get. Justin Holiday is still 3,900. Doug McDermott's 3,800 on FanDuel. He just started and got 29 minutes. Lamb off the bench, 4,400 on FanDuel. Remember how I just said he's been getting pushed aside with yeah. Levert? Well, when Brogdon's not in there, he comes in and, and has 40 fantasy points against Milwaukee. And Crazy. he's obviously talented enough to do that if he gets the, the run and the, and the usage. So he's in play for me in a GPP as well if Brogdon is out. And then on the Detroit side, uh, Frank Jackson, 3,500 on FanDuel. And it's it seems like Detroit's in the mode of, let's see what we have with Frank Jackson here. If Ellington's out again and he starts again, coming off 31 minutes, 12 shots, that's a pretty good profile for uh, a guy that's minimum price. So because of the situation, I, I may get a couple guys from this game. Very nice. All right, game two, Boston and Milwaukee. More of an exciting matchup with big stars. The first game on the ESPN doubleheader, 7.30 tip, 2.30 total. Uh, Milwaukee favored by 4.5, and, and these teams are going to play again on Friday in Milwaukee. They played to start the season, and it was a nice high-scoring close game, like what we'd be looking for tonight if we spend here. It was 122-121 as the... Uh, the, uh, as the Celtics took that one down. Uh, Jalen Brown was excellent in that one, and he's really been strong here lately with Tatum out. Uh, Tatum was that late scratch against Memphis with dizziness, and he's apparently overcome that, and he's ready to go tonight. Um, and interesting how Jalen Brown's price has really been creeping towards Tatum, Tatum's price coming down. Uh but both of those guys are in play here against Milwaukee in an in a up-tempo game where Milwaukee's the third fastest team in the NBA. And we should see some points like the, the first time these guys met. These are two top 12 offenses. Boston's defense is still struggling. So a lot of elements that we like. Uh, 
And then on the Milwaukee side, uh, we got to talk about Mr. Giannis because he's questionable, and he sat out yeah. that last one. And, man, did, did Milwaukee really thrive without him. 48 points in the first quarter, hitting on all cylinders against Indiana. So he probably wants to get back out there. It didn't really reflect too well on him that they were that dominant without him. You know, guys really kind of excited to uh, run the show without him. Yeah. Uh, Drew Holiday was just phenomenal. Oh man, twenty-eight points and fourteen assists, and he's really been priced up here. But if Giannis is out, he's still playable for me. If Giannis is in, I probably won't go there. Uh, Middleton is still a good price, but lately with Giannis and Drew Holiday out there, Middleton's usage has been down a little bit. So if if Giannis is playing, I may not go to any of these guys. I may look more at the Celtics, Jalen Brown, uh, for example, or. Robert Robert Williams, who, you know, really smashed against Memphis. He got that game that you were talking about, uh, where you made made the case for why why is he not the starter? And he played 27 minutes, 45 fantasy points. He got to play in overtime, got those clutch minutes. Uh, so, no reason why he can't do it again here with Tristan Thompson out again tonight. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm I'm on the Robert Williams. Uh bandwagon right now i just again you know and i know i'm repeating myself from the last podcast a couple days ago but he just is the dominating center on that team that is a difference maker and uh at his price and you know 25 to 30 minutes if he can get 25 to 30 minutes he's such a great value here uh i'm just you know i'm fearful that Stevens pulls one of those 15-minute games from Do you think that's possible at this point? It's, it is always possible with him, but I think it's much more unlikely with Tristan Thompson out and the way he's playing. That's and, what I and thought. They need yeah. a score off the bench. Remember, they've, that's the problem with them. They've lost Gordon Hayward. Uh, you know, they've had trouble with uh, the injuries uh, with, with Smart and, and Kemba and, and not having any punch off the bench, and he's one of their best... Uh, options for that now i mean he just they seem to play better and more up tempo and better defensively when he's in there so he's certainly on my board you know you you read my mind on that one because i just love the price and i think it's a good fit here you know we need to be 100 percent sure on tatum and Giannis. i mean obviously two of the best dfs players anywhere let alone on in this game so i want to get confirmation on both of them uh, being in, I do think they're both going to play, but we'll see. We need to we need that news because that changes things for me. Um, you know, I always try to downplay the national TV game because it gets overowned. Again, uh, some of this stuff I know for you guys that listen every day, it's like, Coach, you said that like ten times in the last two weeks. But you know, there's people that listen for the first time. There's people that forget which game is in you know national TV game, you know, and stuff like that. So. That's why I blip by that stuff. I'm not senile quite yet, but uh, I, you know, so there will be some repetition stuff I say because I think it's important. But you know, if it, I, I want to. I don't want to dig into this game because of uh, the over ownership, and I think there's a lot of sharing the ball with a lot of good weapons here. Kemba's back this game. Uh, Jalen Brown's not going to have the same type of usage by any stretch. Uh, with Kemba and Tatum on the floor. Again, Williams because of the price. And then on the Milwaukee side, they've I think they've priced Holiday a, a little out of uh, sight here to the point where I'm just, I can't go there, especially with Middleton and Giannis on the floor. Um, Giannis, you know, he's obviously not 100%. And on an 11-game slate to pay up for a super-duper expensive uh, guy is, you know, you're only going to pretty much get one of them on a slate like this. And I just don't feel like this matchup is the the perfect matchup for him. So I know the totals 230. And I, I do think there's points here. And it, it's DFS relevant. I just think it gets spread around. I mean, plus the lot, you know, smarts in there now compared to before. And that changes the entire tempo for Milwaukee. Smart is a defensive difference maker in every game he plays. He really is. So uh, not a game I'm going to focus on. 
Uh, one I'm, you know, hopefully I will not explode and just be a, just an average scoring game. I may even throw a couple nickels on the under just to root that in and hope that that's over-owned like I anticipate and that gives us an edge in the other games. Excellent. All right. Is it, uh, let's see. So I believe I've got Denver and Toronto, correct? You do. Okay. And and I'll, I'll just explain because our listeners know all the time we usually just transition game to game. But I made the mistake of clicking clicking the Mavs on my ESPN app mm-hmm. as my favorite teams because I wanted to get the, the recent notes on trade rumors. And what it does is when you look up to, you know, and I have notes on all the teams, it takes the Mavs to the very top and throws all the rest of my games out of order. So it sure does. Uh, yeah, I just want to make sure I don't go out of order and and screw things up. But it's a new day. I've got the the coach talk uh, tea on today going going with uh, casual Wednesday here by the way <laughs> all right uh Denver and Toronto it is the second night of a back-to-back for Denver and yes uh Joe Stanton the Joker probably is in the MVP lead right now he's just ridiculous man did you see some of his passes last night yeah I caught I caught some of it and enjoyed that I mean, 70, 70 spot I mean, even as just a, a spectator, that one look away to the corner, my head went to the corner, and then he passed it to a guy cutting for a layup. It was like, what the heck? This guy is – hes I think he possibly, if he continues this for a, a period of time, five another five, six years at least, will go down as the best passing big uh, in the history of the game. Agreed. I and mean, he's that good. So, anyway um, – so the Joker, the question is, do we go back to the Joker today on a back-to-back? Uh, it scares me just enough. You know, Denver's got some of their bigs back with, like, Michael Green and Paul Millsap and these guys. So I'm just concerned that he doesn't get a full run, and I don't want to have uh, him as my big payup in a game like this. I know Toronto's not playing well. It seems like they're about to blow things up. Lowry's probably going to get moved. So it is – there's a couple of things at, bay, at play here. Denver on the second half of back-to-back. I think the possibility with – Denver's only a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, but I just think this is the kind of game where Denver smacks Toronto around a little bit. I just don't see them matching up. You know, Stanley Johnson and some of these guys are getting minutes that just stink for the Raptors. I, I really do think – you know, I, they may even move Norman Powell too, so – all of that could transpire. And remember, you know, we say it's it's a home game for Toronto. They're playing in Tampa. They're all disjointed. They have their family, some in Canada, some moved to Tampa. It's a disaster. So uh, definitely a season they want to flush. But I, you know, this game scares me because of all of that criteria. Plus, Denver's the 29th rated team uh, pass uh, pace wise in the league. So you got the second slowest team. And, uh, you know, Toronto 11th, nothing, you know, crazy. Defensively 18th and 16th, so a little bit below middle of the pack. But is that enough, you know, to make up for that other stuff? Uh, plus, on the Toronto side, uh, OG Ananobi's back. So that shuffles the minutes a little bit. Uh, you know, when Lowry, Van Vliet, and Siakam are all in there, and now Powell, because he's taken center stage, You've got a lot of sharing. Um, I made the mistake of stacking Lowry and Van Vliet a couple of days ago, and it cost me <clears throat> because their prices are pretty high. And I, you know, I rolled the dice, but just not enough possessions right now to go around. And if you don't roster Siakam and you watch Toronto, it's enough to drive you nuts because he will do the James Harden and dribble out the entire clock, backing somebody down and taking his time and then forcing a shot. And it just, you know, when you're sitting there with the other guards that are just standing there waiting to get the ball and they don't get it, it's very frustrating. So bottom line is, I don't like this game, Andrew. I don't think it's a a great game to play because of all the things that I mentioned. Certainly not going to pay up. And, you know, the Toronto guys are all priced fairly high considering, you know, they're all sharing the ball and they're 17 and 26 it's not like they're playing great ball so 
I got to say, Will Barton, the last four times that I've uh, played him, he's made value every time. But, I, you know, I reluctantly say this game may be a complete pass for me. Yeah, well, we got 11 games, so we're going to have to pass at least three of them. And this is likely a pass for me as well. The one thing I'll mention is a P.J. Dozier minimum price on FanDuel. He was out there in crunch time last night against Orlando, played 27 yeah. minutes. And when he's getting big minutes, he can certainly pay off that, that type of price. So there's a, a GPP option for you. Game four, we move to the 8 o'clock games. It's Phoenix and Orlando, and they're both in a back-to-back as they circle around in Florida. Uh, Phoenix won against Miami, and the the key guys for Phoenix didn't have to play big minutes. Chris Paul and Booker only played 27, so they should be fresh enough. And yeah. they get Orlando's 20th-ranked defense, but it's a slow pace game here, 27 and 19, total only 213. Phoenix a solid favorite favorite here by eight and a half. Uh, with this game profile back to backs, uh, I'm not really interested in this one. You know, Booker is a, a fine price that uh, could easily pay off here with with a good matchup. Aiton is really still cheap, and he did deliver last night, like we talked about. Really strong double double against Miami, smashed his price tag, and Crowder paid off that narrative with a six x game. He's still cheap, but Back-to-back, not looking to go there. And with Orlando, Amino just was dominant. Uh, He almost had a triple-double, for God's sake. 44 fantasy points, uh, just outstanding. Um, Gordon, I didn't like his body language at the end of the game with these trade discussions. He really was not hustling around. Uh, So I'm just going to avoid Orlando here on the back-to-back against uh, Phoenix's seventh-ranked defense. I'm 100% with you. This this is by by far, it's not really even close, my least favorite of the 11 games. I mean, you got Phoenix who's steamrolling everybody, and uh, Monty Williams is the kind of coach that isn't going to overplay his guys. He'll use a lot of bench tonight. <clears throat> Orlando's just in complete disarray. I mean, they have a bunch of guys that have been hurt for quite a while. They're going to trade a couple of these guys. I think Gordon gets moved for sure. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they unload uh, Fournier because his stock is way up and he can shoot the ball, man. And he has been scoring. Uh, you know, they might as well scrape when the iron's hot there. So uh, disaster game for me I hear I think it'd be a nerve I'd be a nervous wreck spending up for like a Vuk or Booker or Paul even. Uh, just not a conducive game when you have eleven good ones and we have a, a good handful coming up that are much more playable in my opinion so I don't want to sweat that game excellent how about Cleveland and Chicago okay Cleveland and Chicago this might not <clears throat> be as great of a game to some people when they first look at it but let me let me sell it a little bit it's right now Chicago six and a half 216 which 216 like I say it's not crazy but Here's the thing. Cleveland, 23rd pace, but they're playing faster. There was a big stretch. you got to remember, they didn't have both Sexton and Garland. And those two both pushed the ball. And you're going to see them continuing to move up. Chicago's seventh, and they've been playing fast all season. And here's the good thing. 25th and 15th defensively. So both have had their struggles on that side of the floor. Same Cleveland guys are out that have been out in Prince Love and Delhi. Uh, Chicago Temple questionable. Hopefully he doesn't play for me in my mind here because I want to play a few guys from this game and he is uh, the best defender on Chicago in my opinion. So I think there's there's tons of guys you can look at here. I think Zach Levine. I know he's very expensive, but I think he's realistically in play. I think this game has enough pace and he's been uh, just scorching it. I think against that Cleveland backcourt that's starting to show its true colors again. And remember, you know, the Garland Sexton and Kevin Porter Jr. from last year, you know, had broken the record for worst defensive backcourt efficiency. So uh, Garland Sexton are are not that far behind. Okoro's a pretty decent defender. He's helping them a little bit. But when they bring some of the bench players in, uh, that doesn't, uh, you know, that doesn't bode well for them either. So 
I think Levine is a, pay, a very strong payup option for me. Um, I've also read that Lori Markinen might get moved. And uh, so I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a little concerned there. And actually, if something does happen, if I do have Levine uh, or a cheap Sadoransky, always a potential play, uh, I think that would even be better, less less balls to go around there, uh, you know, to have to share it if, if any of them get moved or pulled. Um, not looking at the Chicago bigs just because the influx of players with, you know, if marketing does play in Young and Carter Jr. and Porter Jr., et cetera, just getting a little bit squeezed there on minutes all the way around. They even used Gafford again after I made a comment about him the other day, and we hadn't seen him, but they need some defensive interior uh, defense. And he's the guy that, that, that may play some, and they're going to need him, I think, against a, a Jared Allen type uh, in the fact that, you know, he's big, long, rangy, and uh, somebody's going to have to get a body on him. And you can't put these really three and four play uh, forwards that play the three, four and, and just try to force them at center. And all those guys I mentioned, I mean, and realistically, Carter Young, Porter Jr. and Markinen, none of them are center. They're all fours, maybe, like I say, even a three. So I think Gafford gets a little time here. And I think Allen's going to be pretty highly owned because of the poor uh, interior defense of Chicago. But I'm not going to go there because of that game scripting theory of I think he's going to get, you know, a little bit stymied in some stretches with Gafford. And they'll make sure that the second time through that Allen comes back in, I believe that's when they'll sub Gafford in uh, in to play him defensively. But I do like a few guys here. I think Larry Nance uh, has shown, you know, statistically there is some inconsistency, but he he's just a guy that can get you – Steals, blocks, assists. I mean, he plays point forward some of the time, sort of the way uh, they've they've been utilizing um, the Orlando uh, guy who's who's in Orlando that I said's getting. Yeah, Gordon. Same type of scenario there. And then uh, you know, I go. I just come back to the two guards. I mean, Garland and Sexton. Either one is solid. I mean, you're going to pay more for Sexton. And that, you know, but you're going to get good results, I believe, from both. So, you know, my my target this game, Andrew, is probably Levine. And on the other side, either Sexton or Garland. And then I think this game uh, is a little underrated uh, based on the over-under here. I think those guys can light it up. Yeah, I like these shooting guards as well. Levine, the only guy in Chicago that I'm looking at. There were a couple games there where he... Didn't quite get as many shots, didn't get as much accomplished, but I really like how he played against Utah, took 25 shots and hit value. So I like him here against Cleveland. Sexton also in play on the other side. Uh, We like to attack the Chicago backcourt. And with the bigs, Allen is, uh, you know, I could potentially play him. I'm not convinced that Gafford's going to play and be in the rotation. So I, I think Allen could could smash, but he doesn't, he'll have games where he doesn't get a lot of shots. So it, it is risky. I agree there. Uh, Nance is a guy that I've also been following pretty closely. Uh, last couple games, he hasn't gotten 30 minutes. Uh, Dean Wade has actually cut in there and yeah. he he's played well the last couple of games. He's minimum price. So that's a, that's a tricky situation. So I'll mo- most likely stick with these guards, Sexton and, and Levine. Smart. All right, the next 8 o'clock game, we have Charlotte and Houston, 223 total. Charlotte favored by 3.5 uh, ball out, of course, and Cody Zeller questionable tonight to get back in. On the Houston side, we have Kevin Porter Jr. questionable with the quad. He sat out the last one, as did Oladipo, and Wall really took advantage of that with a triple-double. Yeah. But now with Oladipo back in the mix... I'm not too excited about Houston. Uh, Wood had has had a couple good games here, but then didn't do as much in 28 minutes last game. I'm, I'm more interested in the Charlotte side here, and with ball out, you know we've really got some opportunities here. And Hayward stepped up for me last time, as expected. He was a key component of our a, a hybrid lineup on FanDuel, 
His price is still good. I like Hayward tonight. With the guards, I was I, I didn't want to play Rogier because of that hip issue, but man, that didn't seem to slow him down against San Antonio. He was awesome in, in 39 minutes. He's yeah. still a good price. De- Devontae Graham is on my radar radar at a good price. He didn't get quite as many minutes as Rogier or shots. He only took six shots, all three pointers. Um, but you know, I, I, I think he's going to step up here and and get more get more action and then monk still cheap and 27 minutes off the bench uh he can certainly pay off here so i i'm looking at a couple of these charlotte guys who are going to continue to get more usage here and their prices are are still decent yeah i yeah i like this game i i think it's got great potential and you know i'm gonna spend some money in this game i i think uh the reason Wood didn't come through as much in the last game is because it was a back-to-back, and he and he's just coming off an injury, and probably took it a little easy on him. And you know the the game uh, isn't that the game that got out of hand a little bit as well, uh, if I, I'm not I, mistaken. But the bottom line is anyway, I I like Christian Wood here. I I don't uh, I don't think the Biombo PJ Washington uh, type uh, defense is going to be enough to stop him. He looks great to me. I think he looks really primed. Uh, I know if Oladipo plays, you know, he's been a chuck and duck guy, but I think he'll get Rozier defense. So uh, not going to go back to to Wall. I think that'd be a points chase scenario here. Uh, but he certainly has the potential to do well. Um, so Woods the target for me on Houston. I, the two guys I like from Charlotte uh, again are Rogier and Hayward. Um, you know, I I was uh, pumped up for Rogier last time, and he was the last guy that I cut from my lineup, and, and he played so great. And I think you know Houston's defense is horrific, so I think he'll be able to do whatever uh, he needs to do there. And those guys are you know from Charlotte are trying to pick up the slack you know for losing ball. And so they're going to get definitely more usage, more touches. Uh, and I mentioned this the other day as well, but people forget Terry Rozier played point guard his whole life, really, until Charlotte. And he's been, you know, a two guard more, more so, but he's very capable of handling it and uh, upside with assists and everything else across the board. Um, and then Gordon Hayward, too. We I remember, uh, you know, very very vividly the last guy in for your lineup was between Hayward and somebody else. We talked it through and yep. came up with Hayward making the most sense for several reasons. And those reasons we discussed, I, I feel are, are strong today also because that usage bump I expected. And I know it's a small sample size guys, and I know we need to watch it for longer, but I look back at some earlier games uh, you know, when LaMelo was in foul trouble, different things, just to see where the usage was going. Everybody sort of ran to Devontae Graham, like, okay, all that LaMelo stuff's going to go right back to Graham. He's fine. That wasn't the case, and it, it wasn't before, and I don't think it will be going forward. I think you're going to see Graham and Monk, you know, in a real time share, but I think that extra D- DFS push is going to go right square to the nose of Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. And with Houston's horrific defense and the numbers in this game, uh, this may end up being uh, a three-guy main game for me uh, uh, overall with Rozier, Hayward, and uh, Wood. All right. Well, how about your Mavs game? We've got a good total in that one. I don't know anything about those Dallas Mavericks. (laughs) All I know is I saw Rick Carlisle's quote today, and he said he didn't think they were going to make any major trades. So either he's spoofing around there you know which they do at times to to get a better edge on a trade or else they're gonna stand pat which i think is a huge mistake they need to make one more move of of substance if they really want to make a run even if it's a you know uh somebody like andre drummond whatever they just need another body in there but to this game, uh, we're looking at, and it's at the very top of my list because I'm a dummy, but it's Dallas minus eight and a half, big fat 231 and a half, Andrew. So how many people are going to be Luca crazy tonight? I think it's going to be quite a few. Pace-wise, though, uh, you know, Dallas is only 24th uh, 
Great pace up game with Minnesota being fourth. And then here's here's what makes your mouth water in this game and why it very well could be one of the two games that have the most uh, rostered players is 24th and 26th defensively. Very lousy. Uh, Cauley Stein out for the Mavs. McLaughlin, the backup point guard, questionable uh, for Minnesota. I mean, where do you start here? Yes, Luca certainly a great option. Uh, I mean, he is shooting the ball right now from three, the best of his short career. I mean, he has literally raised his three-point percentage uh, from 20% to like 33%. I mean, you move something 13% with the volume that he takes, uh, you're on fire, and he has been. And Minnesota's defense... We know they give up everything, tons of threes. They give up everything. So Luke is probably going to be the top payup for most people. Uh, I haven't come to that conclusion yet uh, because, again, his price is outlandish, which is deserved. But I I just don't know if I want to put all my eggs in that basket when Dallas is playing well, Minnesota stinks, and this game could get out of hand. I mean, it is a decent spread here. Uh, eight and a half. I think it may end up going off at nine, nine to ten. So, a little bit of blowout potential here. Uh, you know, is enough that Luca, you can't lose like two minutes off the floor with that price. So that's my concern there. All the other guys, you know, I think there'll be a lot of rotation here. Jay Rich has been consistent. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go the big bucks on Porzingis. I just he hasn't been consistent enough to spend that kind of money. And the last time I rostered him uh, this past week, he just, it stung me. You know, he's, when he does one of his 3.5X uh, type games, it just, it, it hammers you. So uh, as crazy it is in this perfect matchup, I'm not all over the Mavs guys. Um, you know, we'll see if I, if I sucker into this Luca play, you know, with everybody else, but I'm trying to, to build without it for right now. And then on the Minnesota side, you know, Rubio's price has gone up, but he's consistently uh, made value. I mean, over and over again, uh, we know Anthony Edwards is a Chuck and duck dude like crazy. Uh, and he's going to get a lot of shots up. Uh, I do think he'll see uh, Jay rich defense, which could keep him slightly in check. And then really the only other guy to talk about here. And the guy that I'm thinking of rostering, if I don't go with Christian Wood, it would be Cat. We know Dallas struggles against bigs. Uh, you know, there's even rumors that Maxi may be traded. And, you know, it's I just don't know how they're going to defend Cat. Porzingis can't defend. I mean, he's just not – he's 7 million feet tall and he can't defend. He'll get a few blocks, but defensively – you know, if he's got a face up to Towns, he's in trouble. And then, you know, Cat's going to shoot over Maxi a little bit just with the with, you know, his stretch Armstrong uh, routine out there. And Cat's been playing better. So I know he's super duper expensive. He's certainly a pay up guy. I'd, I'd actually right now take Cat over Luca, which is not going to be popular. But I just think Cat could have, you know, a 60, 65 burger uh, you know, as a, as like a floor, which is sort of crazy to say. But the only way that doesn't happen is if Dallas smashes them. If Dallas, you know, puts one on them, then, then all bets are off there. So my question is, you know, do I have the courage to go uh, with Cat in a game like this, uh, go with a value guy like a Rubio or Richardson, or just sit this one out? Yeah, this one is certainly going to come down to uh, does it stay close because if you're going to pay up for Luca, you need it to stay close. And then I think you do want to run it back with one or two of the key Minnesota guys that you mentioned. You can pair up Rubio and Cat. They have great correlation. Or Edwards. Um, and I think that's what you need to do here is either pay up and, and make it a mini game stack. Or if you forecast a potential blowout, then you, you fade this game. Maybe go with a, a you know a one-off, a... Dorian Finney-Smith, I think, is cheap on FanDuel at 3,900. Um, guy that can get you 7 or 8x. 
But uh, I think that's the key thing uh, to try to project this one. All right, the other 8 o'clock game we have is Memphis and OKC. Much lower total here, 222.5. Memphis favored by 4.5. The news is we have Horford and Dort back in the lineup after sitting out the last one. So not quite as much of a youth movement here. Horford should start. They'll bring Moses Brown off, uh, off the bench again. And this game, here's the, the big question here in this one. With solid pace here, 8 and 14, but solid defense, 8th and 12th, what do we do here with these lead guards, Coach? We've got Jaw and Shea both coming off very good games. Jaw was, was excellent against Boston. Shea had a big game against Minnesota. Uh, and, and the note that I wrote down here is 47 or 27. What, which fantasy point game are we going to get from these guys because in the last few games, they both have had around a 47 and a, and a 27 or two. Shea can really throw up a dud, and, and Jaw can too, when he's not playing big minutes and he's not shooting well from the outside, like you pointed out. Uh, but they're, they're really good prices here in the 7K range on, on FanDuel. So where do you lean there? Uh, I'm looking forward to your feedback on that one. And then with the rest of the game, maybe a one-off. Dort would be under the radar coming back in to the lineup. He's cheap. Grayson Allen as a starter, getting good minutes, doing pretty well. Your man Pokashevsky, how about his last two games? 28 he's minutes. Been tough. You know, he, he's not really shooting well from the outside, but he, he finds a way to get it done. Last two games, 28 minutes, 28 fantasy points, and then 33 minutes, 33 fantasy points. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think you need a calculator to figure out that that's one point per fantasy minute. If he's going to start, uh, he could pay off value again. Uh, but uh, but yeah, let's circle back to Ja and Shea here. Do you do you risk going with one of them here at a decent price, or do we fade this game? You know, it it is a great question, and I think it will be a, a slate shifter depending on which way you go. You know, I I'm not leaning towards playing either one of them, even though their their uh, price is decent. Uh, you know, I just they both teams play decent enough defense that I think they can cause a little trouble. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma City now has an actual, like, nine-man rotation if they want to utilize it with Moses Brown going back to the bench and some of the other key players, you know, tied to Rome, et cetera. So I just, I'm not comfortable with, you know, worrying about the split minutes with Roby and, and uh, you know, Poku and, you know, Dort, all these guys are going to play, and it's just it's going to spread it around. The only only time I th- I feel comfortable with the Thunder, I think, is if they're playing a really uh, poor team defensively, or if they're sitting a few guys, which they often do. Horford never plays back to backs and such, but this just happens to be a, a full Thunder roster, and I don't want to mess with that. And then on the Jaw side, you know, I just. Like I said, I, it's he's one of those guys that's always in the pool that I'm lo- of players that I'm looking at, and then I just you know I see those shooting percentages. How much is he going to be able to finish at the rim? I know he's you know one of the best penetrators as far as quickness in the league, but you know there be, there comes a, a point where you're going to spend in the sevens and take a point guard spot up. You want a guy that can just catch fire and get five, six layups penetrating and hit four or five threes. I just don't feel like Jaws' game is there yet. So, you know, if this was a five-game slate, then yeah, at his price, I'd go there. But with 11 games and some value, yeah, I just I don't see this game uh, taking hold for me whatsoever. Horford's D on Joe Val, you know, Kyle Anderson's D. I just this this is going to be a pass game for me, Andrew. All right. Well, how about the Island eight thirty game with the Clippers and Spurs? Uh, why do I always get the Spurs, man? Good lord. Um, and, and they have a rematch tomorrow. These same two teams in the same spot. I know. So you know, you know, Doc's or I'm Doc. Pop is going to try to throw some wrench into oh, it yeah. to screw up something because it's back to back and. Who knows what the hell's going to go on here? Uh, you know, 27th and 15th in pace. That's not exciting. 14th and 10th in defense. Those are, are better than average numbers. 
Uh, Pat Bev and Ibaka remain out. Walker's out for the Spurs, and Rudy Gay's questionable. So not hugely impactful as far as the guys that are out, except, you know, of course, Reggie Jackson gets more run at the point, and a you know, little Terrence Mann and a few guys, and then, you know, the advent of Ivan Zubat uh, taking more minutes uh, with Ibaka out, but that's not always safe. Sometimes they play small and use uh, Morris. So, yeah, this game is uh, have the roll or jar of Tums available if you if you play a lot of guys here because it's going to be nerve wracking. I mean, Spurs twenty two and eighteen and Clippers twenty eight and sixteen. These teams are good. They know how to defend. Uh, they have deep rotations. Their stars are playing. You know, so you're getting timeshare from George and uh, Leonard as far as being the main guy out on the floor. Both terrific. You know, Marcus Morris, I've played a lot, and he's paid off well. Uh, but, you know, and then Zubats, is he going to play a bunch of minutes with Pirtle, or do both of them, you know, get sit on the, on the uh, bench and they go small? It's all possible in this game, especially with the chess playing by these two coaches and the fact that they play again tomorrow. You know, and also the Spurs. You know, we saw Derek White. Uh, have to play a, a major role the other day. He wasn't that great, but, you know, he hung in there. He finished strong. DeRozan's playing well. He may get moved. DeJounte Murray is their go-to guy. Keldon Johnson all over the place. So the only reason I'm saying all these guys' names is because they're all relevant. But on an 11-game slate where you got two good defensive teams, two teams that are well-coached, this just, you know, you could one-off a guy here based on salary, but I think if you go more than that in this game, you're going to be sweating bullets because, you know, you, you look at the the next game on the board, for example, and you're thinking, you know, it's it's a night and day type of matchup. So not feeling good about this one either, Andrew. So I'm going to be only on about like five games probably, but this is not one of them. Yeah, well, I'm certainly not going to uh, invest in any spurs in this one. I'm going to pass that side. There's a couple of places on the Clippers side I'm somewhat interested in, and I think we need to mention the Kawhi narrative here, uh, the revenge game going back to San Antonio. And he's I just a keep... robot. He has no feelings. He has oh, no... oh no no know. no oh deep in there there's some deep strong feelings that come across with his intensity. Oh yeah, and he's a, he's a cyborg. Yeah <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> he is a cyborg, but he's got just enough in there to, to take him to the next level. And I know you like narratives, Coach. But yes. for those of you out there, I, I just came across an awesome quote on Twitter from Batum about revenge game narratives. I'm going to retweet that. But this is a, a perfect example where he didn't like how they treated him, obviously. And so, I, you know, if you don't play Kawhi because it's a big slate, sure. But I'll just say this. I'm not going to play Paul George tonight because I think it's either Kawhi dominates or it's a normal split game, and you don't need to be involved here. And then with the cheaper guys with the Clippers, Zubats, you know, in play, does he get more than 24 minutes? Not sure, so it's a little bit risky. Uh, Morris is in play for me as a starter. And then Terrence Mann, you, you mentioned him. He was out there in uh, crunch time against Atlanta. He played 29 minutes, yeah. got 36 fantasy points, looked good. He's versatile. Uh, and only 3,600 on FanDuel. So there's a guy... He's sort of bumping Reggie out of there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Reggie's minutes took a hit. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Mann's out there again in, in this in this type of game. So, uh, you know, you could you could end up with one guy out of that group uh, for, for the Clippers. All right, Coach, the last two games are both at 10 o'clock. And, yes. And they are some late-night hammer games. Uh, potential here with anytime you have Brooklyn and Sacramento involved uh that after hour slate is going to be pretty juicy it's going to be uh, hopping it's going to take a big number yes, I can tell you that so uh, I've got Brooklyn and Utah the, the one of the 10 o'clock games the second game on ESPN it is a back-to-back -back for Brooklyn of course after that uh, high scoring win over Portland uh, well not quite to the total but uh you know big big game from Harden as expected uh, he was a key piece of your lineup. 232.5 total here. Uh, Utah, the big favorites, by 10.5. They win yeah. a lot of games by double digits. They're 31-11. and 11. But Brooklyn, 
they're no slouch, although Kyrie is out, of course, on this trip. Shamit is still out. So I think the value is still in play for Harden. Uh, I'm sorry, for, for Brooklyn. I don't I don't know that I'll go to Harden. I think I'll be more interested in, in one or two of these value guys. Uh, Bruce Brown was disappointing yesterday. He got poked in the eye in the first couple minutes, came out and just never quite recovered and, and uh, didn't do quite as much as, as I would have liked. Uh, but he, he's in play. Joe Harris shot really well yesterday, but didn't do too, too much else. TLC came through on, on DraftKings for us. He's minimum price, uh, 27 minutes. Uh, you know, he's just one of those guys, I mean, we saw it in the bubble, remember, where he can really smash his value if he just gets some minutes. And this is a, yeah. a good opportunity for him. Um, you know, Utah, very strong defensively, but they're 15th in pace. Uh, so he'll he'll get plenty of opportunity. Uh, so I could go to one of those value plays on Utah. I like Donovan Mitchell, a good price. He's really been playing well lately. Awesome matchup here against Brooklyn's bad defense. And then how about Rudy Gobert? You could pay up there. Um, Cantor just dominated Brooklyn in the in the paint. I thought DeAndre Jordan would do a little bit more against him, but uh, Cantor was excellent. So Rudy could be a pay up option. And Clarkson's cheap, your man who uh, hasn't really been hitting his ceiling games, but uh, this could be the game where he he steps up. Yeah, I mean, of the two late games, I like the other one a million times better. I mean, I'm concerned about this game. I I mean, Brooklyn spent a lot of energy uh, last night, and Harden's price, you know, to go against, you know, Utah, who I believe is the best defensive team in the league, even better than uh, uh, Lakers, Lakers uh, right now. Yeah, I mean, they're third, but they're playing like a number one defensive team. Uh, you know, at Utah, it just this just looks like a trouble game for Brooklyn and uh, certainly not going to spend up for Harden. Last night, I felt he was a perfect spot, um, and I loved the Q tag, you know, kept some ownership. He definitely pulled us into the money at the end, but – you know they're gonna they're gonna double them. Quinn Snyder's one of my top three coaches. I, I don't think they let Hardem beat him single-handedly. And you know with Irving and KD still out, it's just, they're just not the same team. Not gonna chase certainly Jeff Green's points. You know I I almost want to play Claxton again because he's just so explosive, but not against Rudy in, in Utah, and he's still not getting like enormous minutes. Now if I heard he was starting and gonna play 30 plus, then it's different at his price, but Jordan's still going to get some run. You know, I, I'm just not comfortable going there. Uh, you know, maybe the secondary guys, maybe Joe Harris against Bogdan Bogdanovich on the other side, get into a little three-point contest, if you will. Those two can are two of the better pure shooters in the league. So, And their prices are pretty good. So those would be the two medium-level guys that I'll consider because we're going to have to roster a little bit from this, especially – in the after-hour slate, but we're not forced to do that on the big 11-game slate. Um, Bruce Brown's defense is solid. Mitchell's been in a groove. But if this game doesn't stay close, Mitchell gets the majority of his points in the fourth quarter. He is one of the best fourth-quarter scorers and finishers in the league. He doesn't get enough credit, but he's not that far behind Dame and a few of the guys uh, up top. Uh, so if it does stay close, if Brooklyn can score, uh, I'll probably be in trouble because I'm not going to go Harden and Mitchell, and I would assume those two guys would be, you know, rocking to the top scores if this game goes, you know, goes bonkers. But for me, I'm not going to focus on this game uh, at all on the 11 game, and then the late night, just a couple of mid-price guys, and I'm going to focus on this super-duper juicy Atlanta-Sacramento game. So do you want me to just dive into that last game? Dive into it, and then we'll do our two brains lineup. All right. I, we need, I need an extra brain today for sure. All right. I mean, how can you not like this game? It's 233.5, big fat number. Atlanta's favored by three. First night of a back-to-back for Sacramento, but that doesn't mean anything. Luke Walton doesn't know what day it is, let alone scrambling for back-to-back they are 18 and 25 they're just not that good of a team 
Pace 22 for Atlanta, but improving Sacramento 9, so they're in the top 10 there. And you got to love this, Atlanta 19th. Sacramento has been in the basement defensively forever. So, you know, this game is the one that could be uh, the difference maker, and it happens to be one of the late games. So it, it should be fun. I think you can go multiple ways here. I mean, Trey Young, De'Aaron Fox. Okay, what's what's not to like about these two guys in this game? I know Trey's had some really weird games lately, but you know, watching and playing these Kings games so much because of their defense, uh, Fox is on fire, but can't defend anybody. And Trey Young, you know, we know is the same scenario there. So. Both of those guys, I mean, if you don't play them, then you got to at least consider them big time. Or if you play a second lineup or a GPP, I mean, those two guys could just smash each other offensively and, and nobody could do much about it. Um, Tyrese Halliburton is terrific. I think he's in play here. Uh, his minutes, you know, pseudo minutes restriction baloney when he was still getting 33 minutes and such. I think he's. He's in play. Um, you know, I'm not as – I know Buddy Hill's been great. I just feel like he's going to get, you know, some some defense thrown at him and may open up the other guys a little bit, the, just the, the style of Atlanta's D. Um, you know, John Collins certainly has to be mentioned here, but he's another guy that's in the heart of this trade talks, and that scares you a little bit, especially, you know, if, if you're going to put him in your – your 10 game or, or 11 game uh, all all slate have a backup plan in the other game or something in case he gets moved during the night because uh, he's definitely one of the favorites to get traded. If he does for some reason get moved, you know that elevates Capella big time because here's the thing: Gallo would be the guy I would say would be the next man up, but he's questionable. Right. So we don't know exactly what the deal is there. And I've noticed Gallo throughout his career, when he's questionable, it's more like doubtful. He's not a guy that plays injured. So, you know, you got to keep your eye on the news here. If Collins is 100% go, I think he's playable. And uh, if not, then I'd, I'd lean more towards Capella. So for me in this game, a lot of exposure. I love the young Fox battle. I think Collins, Halliburton, and... Uh, you know, depending on on what else goes on, this is a, a real nice little stackable game. Yeah, I, I, the, those point guards are really important here. I lean towards Fox um, just because of the recent inconsistency from Trey. He's been banged up a little bit with the quad issue. Yeah, but Fox is the man. He's he's usually locked in for right around fifty fantasy points or more. That's what he got against them recently. Um, yeah, and then on the Atlanta side. Um, you know, with Hunter back still coming off the bench, that that does mess up the rotation a little bit. Snell did still get good minutes in the last one, but the guy that I'm excited about here is Bogdan Bogdanovich, and I think the yeah. C's are going to potentially part here for him. If Gallo sits, then he's the only real scorer off the bench. And talk about a narrative game back in Sacramento here. So it sure is. Uh, he's a key guy for me tonight. He's gotten 22 minutes or so. Uh, lately getting double-digit shots, and I think he may uh, really have a strong game here if he can get hot against this bad defense. It's If they'll his... let him play. If yep. he could get – if you told me he'd get 20 to 30 minutes, I'd take him in a heartbeat, but I'm nervous about that. Well, you know, I'm not I'm not projecting him for 20 to 30 minutes, but yeah. 20, 22 to 24, he dominates the ball while he's out there for the most part. He, he's obviously going to be out there with Trey, but um, – you know, with without Gallo potentially, they need him, and he's going to get lots of extra possessions here. Uh, so I like him a lot tonight. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, he's got to go bonkers and hit six, seven, eight threes one of these games, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Why not now? Okay, so let's get this two brains are better than one lineup going on FanDuel. Uh, if we make late changes to it, of course, it'll be on Twitter. We'll try to get that out to you. So follow us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. What do you have here to start this lineup? De'Aaron Fox. All right. I like it. Beautiful. Simple and sweet. Boom. 89 is not a bad number on Facebook. No, not bad at all. Um, I'm just going to get Bogdanovich in here while we're talking about him. 4,200 small forward. Uh, this is a GPP. I, I like that one a lot. 
3,200, you said? 42. Or 42. They only go down a 35, right. uh, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All we're right. On, we're um, not on DraftKings here. We're on FanDuel. Exactly. All right. Uh, there's a couple value guys. I think this is the spot to plug them in. Um, you know, I'm going to go Terry Rozier. Okay. Hmm. As our other point guard. Wow. All right. I really like him tonight. I really wanted to go Hayward. Can we play both of them? I, I was going to take Hayward too. Okay. Hundred percent. Yeah. I want. I'd like. I want to stack that game with those two. All right. Um, we could have some real value with McConnell at point, but um, if we go Rozier, well, we don't right. know that news yet either. We don't. We don't know that. Um, all right. I'll put Hayward in there at small forward. So we have got a little Chicago sta- or Charlotte stack going here. Yeah, he was going to be my next pick. So okay. Uh, I do like that stack for sure. Um, you know, I just want to make sure we have enough money. So I want to keep the value there. Are you comfortable paying 5,900 for Robert Williams? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. Let's Let's do it. it. How about uh, Zach Levine at 8,000? That's a good price for him on, on FanDuel. I love Um, him. Yeah. Let's get him out there. All right, we're still sixty three thirty three for our last three spots, so mm-hmm. somehow we're we're not in too bad a shape. Um, it's time for a it's time for one of those gym value plays, and I've got a couple of possibilities here. I'm looking at oh, Andrew, I think. This is a key pick. I think this is the swing guy for our team. Oh boy, who who could it be? Well, I'm I'm stuck between two or three guys here. I don't want to rush it because this is a key key play. I'm thinking about. Oh, he's too risky. He's just too damn risky. How about I forfeit my pick to you Okay. And take the next one? Because I, I got I don't want to scoop too much time, but I'm torn. All right. Let's see what happens if we go super value here. I mean, this is a GPP, so we got to get lower ownership. What if we put Terrence Mann in? We're going to have lots of money for our power forwards. Terrence Mann, that 30, is risky. $3,600 shooting guard. Okay, that leaves us $100 million for power forward. Okay. Since we've got the big money of power forward, it makes it easy for me. I'm going with Sabonis. Okay, beautiful. That's a nice guy to have here in one of our last two spots. What does that leave us? 6,600. Yeah. I don't like Thad Young, Aaron Gordon, P.J. Washington, Jay Sean Tate. Yeah, I know. How about that? If, if, so, only, if only Aaron Gordon was, was motivated to show his trade value. I mean, I... Aaron Gordon's it's Phoenix though they're playing that scares me. Yeah, I know. Thaddeus, man, Thaddeus fits in here, but he's know, but he's more of a cash play where he you know he, he gives He is. A, let's let's take a quick <clears throat> quick gander. See 20 25 minutes though. He does score. I mean, let's put him in there and then if we have to adjust we can. Okay. I mean, he's going to get 25 minutes, it, and yeah. it is against Cleveland. And it's okay to have one or two cash guys in your lineup that you're not you're not looking for 8x from them. You know, if you you, you need a couple guys who you feel good about getting five to right. six x. So and plus it it falls into what we were talking about expecting Chicago and Cleveland to be a little higher scoring. Right. All right. So that leaves us with Fox and Rogier, Levine, Terrence Mann. Gordon Hayward, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Sabonis, Thaddeus Young, and Robert Williams. Pretty powerful lineup. I like the potential here. Follow us on Twitter to see if there's any late changes. Also, you can follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can follow me at Language Olympic. If you want all the lineups, then join us as a member. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com. Grab whichever length of membership you want, no matter what it's called. 
whether it's MLB package, NBA package, it's always going to have every sport that we that we cover, uh, full access to everything we do. And of course, on FanDuel, in addition to this lineup tonight, we'll have two full uh, hybrid lineups that you can play in a cash game or a GPP. Single entry is where we really like to focus. We'll have the full Yahoo lineup. We'll have a DraftKings coaches clipboard. That's what we do every slate. And then if you can make your first deposit at BetUS, that, that offer is still on the table. 149 Use the promo code COACHTALK. Uh, that's betus.com.pa. And you're going to get to use that money on your sports wagering action and get our full free membership until June 1st. So awesome value there. We invite you to do that uh, after you sign up. Reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk uh, and let us know that you've done that. And then we are going to be back uh, tomorrow, one or both of us. Uh, we'll see how it, it pans out uh, to cover the next slate. But we got to focus in on this slate here with 11 games. So I'd love to have you in Discord tonight as a member, and then we'll be back again tomorrow. So on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, thank you for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.